not perish, but have eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, where we're Lamb, Lion, Ministry. We thank you for being part of our program today here, The Truth Will Set You Free. Today's topic is a very important one, as we're going to talk about sinister sisters as we continue looking in the Word of God in the book of Ezekiel. So I want to invite you to follow along with us, and if you have a Bible, get it ready as you're going to be excited about today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for so much as we dive into Ezekiel and understand uh, what you think about sin, Lord, and how your response is and what your response is uh, to us and how you want us to respond back in repentance. I pray that we'll learn this lesson from these two sinister sisters and all those tuned in, Lord, will grow in the relationship with you because of it. We thank you and praise your holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Again, tune into the truth will set you free. Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our topic is Sinister Sister, so stay tuned. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, welcome back. Hey, it's good to be back. Uh, God's blessing to you all. When we say back, it's been a quite a marathon here at Lamb and Lion Ministries between uh, men's conference in near New Orleans, uh, the Prophecy Watchers Conference in Orlando, and then our regional conference for the ministry in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, brother, uh, it's been the last few whirlwind weeks, so it's uh, good to be sitting here in the office with you all again. Oh, it's great to have you, Nathan. And it's just exciting, all the wonderful things that God is doing with the ministry and with you guys out there. But Nathan, in case someone is new to the ministry and they're not aware how they can get a hold of our resources or what we do or the events that are planned, would you be able to share that with us? Absolutely. Well, folks, we welcome you to the Christ in Prophecy uh, ministry. It's a Lamb and Lion Ministries. People know us from Christ in Prophecy, which is our television show. And you're tuned in. The truth will set you free. It's the podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. Vic and I are evangelists with the ministry, along with Tim Moore, our director, and Dr. David Reagan, who's our emeritus. Uh, he was the, also the founder of our ministry back in 1980, and he founded it for the explicit purpose of proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ. So that's our passion, that Jesus is coming back. We want to share that message with the world, get them excited, give them hope. So check us out on our website at christinprophecy.org or download our Lamb Lion app and we connect you with all sorts of our resources, social media, newsletters, uh, you name it. We want to get you connected with Jesus Christ, and we're so glad that you tuned in. Amen. Again, wonderful resources for you. There's also some regional conferences going on and some, a lot of wonderful things that you can just find here on the website. And if you're in the area, hey, take part of this and grow in your relationship with the Lord and in the knowledge of Bible prophecy. So exciting things, right, Nathan? It's nice to see also uh, other wonderful ministries out there continuing to be faithful to teach the Word of God and also uh, Bible prophecy. And Nathan, also our podcast can now be found on Pray.com as well as Harvest House. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our own website at ChristinProphecy.org. If you want to subscribe by RSS feed, we have an RSS feed you can find on our website as well. So, yeah, it's just great blessing as we've been doing this podcast for the last 13 years, how it's grown and reached new audiences. And we're excited about that because we want to get people, as I said earlier, excited about the soon return of Jesus Christ. And, brother, you know that when you're excited about the Lord's return, two things will happen in your life. One, 
you'll be motivated to live holy lives in anticipation as a return. And two, you want to get out there and evangelize, get the gospel out while the time is short. So that's the message of Bible prophecy, to bring you uh, closer to the Lord in the holy living and evangelism. As uh, Vic and I have been, uh, you almost said captured by the bug, right, Vic? We've been captured by the, the Lord's soon return bug. Uh, we're so excited that he's coming back, and we pray that you'll be excited as well. I love that. Nathan, you, you mentioned something really good there, and that is uh, that bug, the, the, the return of the Lord, the Bible prophecy. Uh, I love the way you put that. I think that's awesome. We got it. There we go. Good. Well, let's make it catchy. <laughs> let's coin that phrase for our, for our folks. No, but actually, we also have a lot of fun with our programs, and uh, we encourage you to also uh, have fun with us. We are serious about God's word, though, and the things that the Bible has to say. But we also rejoice in having the word of God uh, because some of the messages are a little bit heavy. And uh, one of those is found in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 23, as we were dealing with the subject matter of sin and disobedience uh, for God's people and then God's punishment uh, upon them. And in our last program, we were looking at Ezekiel, chapter 23, and it was giving us a reference there to two uh, nations uh, described as two people. And in Ezekiel chapter 23, verses 1 through 4, we're just going to read those verses over. And then we're going to continue today in our study on verse 36. Uh, so, Nathan, again, uh, as we look at this story, uh, the analogy here has to do with the behavior uh, uh, of God's people. And God intended them to be a pure people. He intended them to be uh, people of, of high character. But yet, it reminds me more of what it says in 1 Corinthians 15.33. Uh, Be not deceived. Evil companionship corrupts good morals. And part of that is what we're going to see today, right, Nathan, in the behavior of God's people. Absolutely. So what we got here is uh, Israel has uh, been exiled in 722 B.C. And uh, Jerusalem, which is all that's left of the nation of Judah, is about 586 B.C. Uh, the Lord has said, for centuries you have disobeyed me and uh, the only way to cure you of your evil and your idolatry is to exile you. So this is the message to the end of the reign of Judah as their self-rule. What we got here is um, the two harlot sisters we read about last episode uh, with Samaria or representing the ten tribes of Israel in the north. They're the, she's the older sister. And we got the younger sister Jerusalem which represents all of Judah, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. And so they had some good kings and uh, they had some revivals. So the Lord let them uh, stay for another ooh, 140 years or so. And so, uh, but we're at the end here. And Ezekiel is called along with Jeremiah to call out the people to let them know that the Lord is going to exile as he promised way back in Deuteronomy with Moses, that if they continue to be evil and not represent the Lord as good and righteous people who followed his moral law, then they just failed at that duty, they have to be exiled, and a purified remnant would come out of Babylon, return back and rebuild the nation again. Uh, so that's where we are in, in the historical timeline, where we're at in Ezekiel chapter 23 here. Yeah, and for those of you that have a Bible, we wanted to show you the analogy here as we open up, because we're then going to continue in verse uh, uh, 36 this week. But uh, verse uh, 1 of chapter 23, it says, The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother. They committed harlotry in Egypt. They committed harlotry in their youth. Their breasts were there embraced. Their virgin's bosoms was there pressed. 
Their names were Aholab and the elder Aholiba. Her sister, they were mine, and they bore sons and daughters. As for their names, Samaria is Aholab, and Jerusalem is Aholiba. Oh, 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 so Nathan, you and I have problems with those names, and I'm still having problems with those names. But it's the story. <laughs> and you're bilingual too. <laughs> yeah, those are quite. Uh, the, not the, mouthful, but, yeah. Well, I guess that we can just say Samaria and Jerusalem and make it easier on us, huh? Yeah, I think so, because we're going to be reading these things over. Yeah, I'm not reading them more than once, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, But Nathan, here is exactly what you say. It's really a description of of Jerusalem. Uh, uh, we notice here in Samaria. And the last, in the last program, you were sharing with us a little bit regarding, uh, you know, the, these with the different branches of where God's people were and also what they were doing. Uh, I mean, they, the Bible says they were committing adultery, spiritual adultery, idolatry. And as we continue in verse 36 and on, we're going to see child sacrifice and all these hideous things that sometimes people say, well, how can God's people do such a thing? I mean, how can they get involved in such things? But verse 35 of Ezekiel 23 says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have forgotten me and cast me behind your back, Therefore, you shall bear the penalty of your lewdness and your harlotry. And Nathan, you and I have spoken about this in the past, that people are capable of doing anything when they forget God. Yeah, and I think we saw a lot of that during the uh, pandemic crisis uh, when the riots started breaking out. Uh, and of course, they were considered race riots, but I'm sure a lot of the stress of the pandemic was affecting people at the time. And we saw lawlessness just cover the world, and it was just a frightening time. And it's amazing how all the society has to do is just start breaking down a little bit, and the veneer of civility falls off, and people resort to the most basic of human behavior, and that's their sin issues, their their sin nature. And that's what happened to Israel and Judah. They they forgot God. They didn't listen to His moral law. They they were supposed to be a people that were representative of Him, and the world was supposed to say, hey, there's something different about these Israelites. You know, they love Yahweh God, and hey, I want to be like them, just like the church today is God's representative. And if the church is out there supporting gay marriages and, and marrying uh, and uh, stealing and, and creating huge golden edifices of churches and while the poor are, are in need and all these terrible things, that, that doesn't represent God either. And so at some point, as the Lord says to the Church of Laodicea in Revelation 3, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And so here we're, we're seeing with the first group of people that was representative God, the Israelites, and he spit them out of his mouth. Now, he's always promised that a remnant will survive and restored, and he still has promises for the Jewish people to even today restore a remnant, especially during the coming tribulation period. But uh, brother, as human beings, we just, we just seem incapable without the Holy Spirit we just can't follow God's law and do it on his own. We'll always fail. So it's a giant object lesson to all of humanity. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to be saved in order for God's spirit to work in you in that regenerative process. Mm, and that's exactly what we're noticing, Nathan, the, the importance of that. And hopefully we can all take a and learn some of these lessons that we're finding here in the scriptures. Because like I mentioned, uh, you know, when we take our eyes off the Lord, 
we're, we're capable of doing just about anything. And again, for those of you that maybe just tuned in, those of you that are following us on social media, I'm Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. You are tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition program here with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 23, talking about these two sinister sisters. And Nathan, we see there. Uh, uh, these, they're, how sinister these two sisters are. There in verses 36 through 39, we'll see what they were involved in. Would you be able to read those verses for us, Nathan, in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Absolutely. All right. Pick it up in uh, Ezekiel 23, verse 36. The Lord also said to me, Son of man, you judge, uh, here we go, Samaria and Jerusalem, then declare to them their abominations, for they have committed adultery and Blood is on their hands. They've committed adultery with their idols and even sacrificed their sons whom they bore to me, passing them through the fire to devour them. Moreover, they have done this to me. They have defiled my sanctuary on the same day and profaned my Sabbaths. For after they had slain their children for their idols, on the same day they came into my sanctuary to profane it. Indeed, thus they have done it in the midst of my house. Mm. Nathan, that's, uh, you know, it's interesting, right, Nathan, because oftentimes people read the Bible like this and they think that this was an ancient practice of sacrificing children. And they're like, well, we don't do that today, but how wrong we are. Right, Nathan? Oh, absolutely. Now, what, what the Jewish people have done is they started following the, the cult of Molech, which is a, a satanic cult, uh, kind of similar to the, uh, what is it? Um, well, escape some. I was going to talk about the Hindu. Oh, uh, Kali cult. There we go. And you know, it's a death cult. And so, to bring fertility to the land, you had to sacrifice your children. And you've all probably heard about the Moloch statue. It was a giant statue with outstretched arms, and they put a fire under it and they heat the outstretched hands until they were glowing. It was so hot. And they would take their babies, their firstborn usually, and place them on these super hot hands, and the babies would burst in the flames, and they would think then that the gods, the demons, would then give them a bountiful harvest. And brother, I mean, that's, according to the Bible, that's as low as you go. When you're killing your own children, when you don't have a love for your own children, you've become an animal. You, you're just, you're despicable. Like sharks, you know, baby sharks are actually born head first, so they can get away from the mother as fast as they can, otherwise they'll be eaten. Well, this is what humanity be degenerated to, a bunch of sharks. And so, yeah, hideous stuff. And also, the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem was meant to be a place to worship God. And yet the Jewish people had started putting idols in them and made it like a pantheon. And they started sacrificing to idols in the Lord's house. They, they just relegated Yahweh to one of many gods instead of treating him as the one true God. And so that's when the Lord keeps talking about harlotry here. He's talking about spiritual harlotry the people had betrayed their god and chased after little gods which are idols which are demons they were chasing after satan and demons and treating god as if he's just another spirit and <laughs> that idolatry is, is just so profane to god why because he showers his love on his people he rescues them he protects them he feeds them and what do they do they put their hand up say we don't want anything to do with you and they chase after their evil, their darkness, because these idols, these demons will allow you to live in, in under your darkness. There's a Bible verse that says that the people that are, that are not children of the light because they love darkness. They love their sin. And it's a it's not a, just an ancient occurrence. It's all throughout human history, even today. 
Nathan, and, and we see uh, we see all these uh, analogies here. We see what the what is bringing forth, so individuals can realize why God was bringing punishment upon these people, judgment upon them. And if that wasn't bad enough that they were that they were sacrificing children, when we read verses forty through forty three, we notice uh, it even gets worse because it says that furthermore, you sent from men to come from afar to whom a messenger was sent. And there they came, and you washed yourself for them, painted your eyes, and adorned yourself with ornament. You sat on a stately couch with a table prepared before it, on which you, you had set my incense and my oil. Verse 42, the sound of carefree multitude was with her, and the Sabaeans were brought from the wilderness with men of com common sorts who put bracelets on their wrists and beautiful crowns on their heads. Then I said concerning her, who had grown old in adult in adulteries, will they commit harlotry with her now and she with them? And we notice, Nathan, now is also harlotry, which is, again, another abominable act in the eyes of God, spiritually or also physically. But we notice that with the, God's people are called to be pure. Here they are mixing in and mingling in with those around them, but also calling them uh, to the lifestyle of sin as well, if it wasn't bad enough. Yeah, part of Baal worship, uh, which was the storm god of the, the nations then, but uh, some would even say that's where we get Baal's above, which is Satan. So basically, the worship of Baal was outright Satan worship. And what they would do is they get these temple prostitutes, both male and female. They go up to the high places up in the hills and the mountains and build these shrines. And for again, because it's an agrarian society for you to have bountiful crops, uh, you would go and sleep with these prostitutes, and that was supposed to entice the gods, seeing all this pornography, basically, to make the land fertile. I mean, it's just so, so evil. So what we're seeing here is that that's what the Jewish people had also adopted. They created high places, and good kings that would come throughout Israel's, or I should say Judah's history, would destroy the high places, but they just rebuild them again. Now, I don't know if historically— if temple prostitution had been added to the temple in Jerusalem. But we certainly know it was in the high places. And the Lord had never said to go sleep with prostitutes as a way of, of making fertile land. You had to just put your faith and trust in God, follow his moral law, and he would make the land bountiful. I mean, that was the agreement that he had made with Moses and Joshua and the people. But they were doing the way, things the way the, the, the evil nations around them. Judah and Jerusalem have become so evil that the Lord said that they were more evil than the nations around them. I mean, they got in that bad. So he calls an even more evil, I mean, the worst of the worst, the Babylonians, to come down and destroy them and punish them. And uh, it's just hard to believe to see society degenerate from Joshua's generation who were like, you know, we and our families will serve the Lord to outright Satan worship. But doesn't all societies, Vic, eventually degrade and fall apart. I mean, you see little revivals here and there, great awakenings, praise the Lord. But overall, every society is affected by entropy and eventually it will degrade morally. Nathan, that's a very good point. And we find that this didn't change. This trickled in even into the early church in Corinth. Paul had to address the first 12 chapters or so in 1 Corinthians to address issues dealing with uh, like we're talking about here, 
uh, temple prostitute, the temple of Diana, the multi-breasted uh, goddess of fertility, uh, where they had a, a, a over a thousand prostitute uh, in the temple. And this was also trickling into the early church and affecting the, the Christian church back at that time. And not much has changed. You're right, Nathan. Now we move into today's society and we're played with pornography. Uh, 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 we see all these uh, hideous type of movies that are coming out. Um, uh, billboards everywhere, Nathan, where you can't hardly walk around with your kids because of so much of that displayed. And, and that's what's causing the corrupt of our nation. We see so much of the pornography industry uh, being displayed everywhere. I remember many years ago, you were going to the uh, into the stores uh, and um, I started to notice more and more how they were putting all these uh, magazines at eye level, even with children. So the exposure uh, to this type of stuff uh, back 20 or 30 years was, was bad enough. But now, Nathan, is full blown everywhere. Oh, my goodness. I was in Target last week in the book section and uh, I picked up a book. Uh, Ralph Macchio had, <laughs> had a book about the Karate Kid, you know, his experience. I love behind the scenes stuff. But right next, right next to the Karate Kid book are various books that have recipes for witchcraft and magic spells. Actual witches writing books about magic spells that any kid could go in and buy, any adult could go in and buy. And you know, like, oh, maybe that's just Harry Potter fantasy. No, this is actual, you could purchase witchcraft books. Brother, I was down in New Orleans speaking at a men's conference back in uh, late September, uh, excuse me, late to February. And you know, New Orleans is filled with the occult. I must have just walking around the French Quarter past three bookstores dedicated to the occult. I mean, that's all they sell is occultic stuff. And this is kind of a snapshot of where our society is going overall. I, you go to Universal Studios in Orlando. Where does every kid dress like? Harry Potter. And I don't know why. I didn't think the Harry Potter section of Universal Studios was that great. But, you know, everybody's obsessed with magic and witchcraft. Well, what are we talking about here? This temple prostitution was a form of witchcraft. It was Satan worship. And so eventually a society, when it forgets God, it morally degrades into Satan worship because the God of the pagan world allows people to follow their own sins in darkness. And uh, of course it destroys them. It always does. Sin always does. So, I mean, that, that's where we get here. Uh, uh, verse, uh, was it 43? Then I said concerning her who had grown old in her adulteries, will they commit harlotry with her now and she with them? Yet they went into her as men go into a woman who plays the harlot. Thus they went into uh, Samaria and Jerusalem, the lewd women. But righteous men will judge them after the manner of adulteresses and after the manner of women who shed blood because they are adulteresses and blood is on their hands. So the Lord's making a case. You have to go back a few chapters where Vic and I were teaching you all that, that the elders of Jerusalem, desperate with the Babylonians coming around and attacking them again, they go to Ezekiel and they're like, hey, why is God doing this? And God for chapters says, uh, you know, now you ask me why you're falling apart? Well, let me tell you why. And he compares the nations to harlots. And I said, you, you're harlots, you're, you're evil, and you need to be destroyed because you're not good anymore. And so I think, Vic, the Lord, over the last five, six chapters has made an incredible case for why Jerusalem needs to be destroyed. Oh, absolutely, Nathan. And not only that, 
have, but there's also examples in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 through 9. We see again uh, uh, God's judgment coming down on his people, and he made a case as to why. Because again, they were mingling in with the, those around them, and they were just uh, getting corrupt in every way possible. So uh, if we can go there, Nathan, uh, to Numbers 25 real quick, and maybe you can uh, read for us verses 1 through 4. And I read five through nine. So individuals can see also examples of this in other parts of the Old Testament where God had forewarned his people before of what will come. And if they didn't, what the outcome would be. Yeah. So if we go back to numbers, I mean, we're going back before while Israel is roaming around the desert. It's, this is even before they they conquered Canaan and set up their nation. It says now Israel remained in Shittim, which is translated Acacia Grove. That's interesting. And the people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. Mm -hmm. And verse five, so Moses said to the judges of Israel, every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal and Peor. And indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Now, when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest saw it, he rose from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the men of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the men of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel and those who died in the plague with 24,000. Nathan, would you say the sin definitely has? Uh, 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 I mean, uh, it, it, we see here how not only does it affect you, but it affects others and their family, but this needed to stop. Oh, yeah, you hear all the time people say, well, you know, what I do doesn't affect other people. Oh, no. The degradation and destruction it causes a society and the people in it is staggering. And and this is just a small case. I mean, here we've got the people, you know, they're they're shacking up with the worshipers of Baal, and and so the Lord has to, to cut it out. I mean, otherwise it's like, you know, how you've heard the term a bad apple ruins the whole bunch or the whole basket. And this is what happened here. And it sounds rough that Phineas uh, went and speared the the two people that were representative of this Baal worship. But it, it stopped the plague. 24,000 Israelites had died uh, just in this case, but it kept the people focused on God and focused on morality. Well, now we're, oh my goodness, we're uh, three, uh, about 500 years after this case in numbers. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Let me uh, back that up here for, that's uh, oh, 700 years, excuse me, about 700 years later. And Israel's still doing this. So God is then going to destroy them as a nation and they'll no longer have self-rule anymore because of their sin. And, and brother, that, that really brings up the point where sin in our lives will destroy us as well, right? How can people get rid of sin in their own lives and be rec uh, reconciled with God? Nathan, you know, that's a very good question. And it's very simple. God gives us an antidote uh, to sin in the Gospel of John, chapter three, uh, uh, there in the story of Nicodemus, where, where he said to Nicodemus, again, this religious leader who knew about the Old Testament, but missed it when it came to the Messiah, that he must be born again. 
And we will say to any of you that are part of this program, likewise, we notice the antidote to sin is coming to Christ, a personal relationship with him, opening up your heart to Jesus and inviting him to come in to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you of your sins and, and to give you eternal life. And if you have not placed your trust in Jesus Christ, we're going to give you an opportunity right now, wherever you are, to do so. So this way you will be 100 percent sure that you have been forgiven for your sins and where you would spend eternity. So for those of you that have a desire to come to know Christ, we want to invite you into a very simple prayer. And wherever you are, if you pray this prayer by faith, God will transform your life and he will set you free from whatever bondage of sin that maybe you're finding yourself trapped in or uh, tied uh, if you uh, in bondage to, if you will. So I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer. Uh, does something like this that you can repeat it with me from wherever you are and just say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. But God, right now, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name I pray, in Jesus' name. And Nathan, and that, that's the start, right? It's a prayer of faith. Uh, uh, again, returning to God, because as we notice in verse 35, the problem with God's people here was that they have forgotten God. They turned their backs on God. But when people return to God, he will cleanse them and forgive them from all their sin. Absolutely. Very well said. And so glad you could all join us in this. It's, it's a tough lesson, but it's an important lesson, right, Dick? Absolutely. And again, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we thank you for being part of today's program. And we want to encourage you again, keep your eyes on the Lord. He's coming back soon. He loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And we pray that you have a fantastic week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>